So that particular gospel, the genealogy of Jesus, is one that most priests don't like reading. Uh, it's a tad awkward to pronounce at times. And uh, when I was a seminarian, uh, I did my training in Rome, so I had to do all of that in Italian, uh, which made it just that, that bit more complicated. Uh, but it's a very interesting, it's a necessary, this is a required reading, so we're, we've headed into the last couple of days now uh, before Christmas, so from the 17th on, uh, the readings are specific and the liturgy of the hours, all the antiphons are specific, uh, because these, we're heading into <clears throat> these last days of preparation now before Christmas. So this reading obviously is chosen very, very deliberately. Why? Uh, just to show how little we know about scripture and to kind of remind us, I don't know who half those people are, or, or what, uh, what's it for? The point of it, amongst others, <coughs> there's a couple of points here that we can take. We'll just take two this morning. One, that the coming of Jesus into history, this is a, this is a historical fact. Real people uh, prepared the way. Jesus has real ancestors. Like there's a, there's a, there's a genealogy. He doesn't just kind of appear, which he could have. He could have just appeared ex nihilo. Just there he is, born with a human nature, with kind of no human interaction if he, if he had wanted it. He doesn't have to have a history, but he chooses to, to have like cousins and ancestors. So he, like, it's rooted in our history. So like, this isn't a God who's, who's far away and distant and indifferent to what we do. It's a God who, who, who becomes born like one of us into a family, into history. And the second point, which I think is important, is because it's a family, just like our families, there are some fairly wacky people in here. There are some fairly odd people. There are some fairly dodgy people, even in Jesus' ancestors. Right? So people maybe who started well and finished badly, some people who started badly finished well, and some people who got just completely wrong. Um, I was just looking at, at it at, through it today, like, Okay, so Abraham is our, 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 our father in faith. So Abraham, who reveal, uh, to whom God reveals himself. <clears throat> now, keep in mind, Abraham, this is like about 1850, 1800, so 18 centuries before Christ, um, where like, there is no church. Like, Judaism hasn't begun yet. And so God reveals himself to Abraham. Abraham has to leave with his people to a land that I will show you, and you will be a great blessing, and I will multiply your offspring like the grains of sand of the seashore, like the, the stars in the sky, and he an old man at the time. You know, so Abraham takes this, this amazing, this great step of faith, even though he, didn't, he was only learning who God was. You know, it, things were only being clarified to him, little by little. I mean, so, so God is, is, is asking him to go out into the desert. What's his name? I don't know. Which God is this? I, I don't know. And what does he want you to do when you're in the desert? I don't know. Like it's he, he, Abraham. He's uh, that's why we call him our father in faith. He he followed the Lord's words so precisely without having really an iota of where this was going to lead. He knew it was going to be good. He know he knew it was going to lead to blessing, but how? No idea. No idea. But the Lord obviously shows shows himself to be true to His word and so on. Uh, if you skip on a couple of generations, a good couple of generations to Manasseh. Manasseh here, towards the end, he was king of, of Israel and probably one of the worst kings. He instituted uh, pagan temples and pagan, pagan worship all over the kingdom. So <clears throat> this same people now, so descendants of Abraham, to whom this, this particular revelation of God is given and entrusted, 
this king, whose job it is now to protect that, starts instituting temples to all sorts of other gods. One of them was Madoc, to whom he sacrificed his own son. So, like, so what did this, this, he was a, a murderer, slavery, uh, immodesty, immorality, all of that, and killing his own son, offering him to, the, to this pagan god. And this is one of Jesus' ancestors. I think that's, that's like, this, this, this isn't hidden. This is in scripture. He's listed there as one of Jesus' forefathers. So I think for us today, what, what, what I feel is, is helpful to, to, to take out of it today for us, otherwise you read something like this and you go, yeah, it's a nice list of people. No idea what it's supposed to do with me. Look at yourself and your family and your history and your uncles and your parents, uncles, aunts, grandparents, great-grandparents. Um, sometimes we can be almost tricked into thinking that unless my parents or grandparents were faithful, then I don't really stand a chance in the faith, you know? Like if my parents aren't practicing, then uh, I'm kind of off the hook or, or I won't be able. Whereas I think the Lord is showing us in, in, these, in this genealogy that <clears throat> despite your history, despite your past, you can still be a saint. Despite whatever, whatever relations, cousins, whatever your parents do or didn't do, whatever, whatever way they practice or don't practice, whatever way your brothers and sisters practice or don't practice, your walk with the Lord, your faith, is your responsibility. And nobody can do it for you, no matter how much you might, while, you know, while it's nice to be here, while we're here, we're kind of carried by each other. Um, in my own community, I mean, I have brothers and sisters who walk with me, if you will. Uh, but ultimately, my journey of faith, I have to do myself. It will not be, it cannot be the product of what my parents think or what my brothers and sisters think because I have to, I, my walk is my walk. I, I have to do this. Like, no one can pray for me. If I choose to live a bad life, no one can relive my life for me, undo my mistakes. I'm responsible for my life. And while, yes, we do need someone to preach to us and teach us and guide us and show us the way, ultimately the steps that we take, we have to take. And we can't delegate that to anyone. <clears throat> and that's why it's, isn't it interesting, like when, when the Lord calls people, he just says, come follow me. It isn't a, an I order you to become my disciple, become a follower of mine, and if you don't, I'll punish you. It's an invitation follow me so the answer given is is free it's a freely given reaction response to this invitation do you want to follow me the, the question isn't <clears throat> based on the faith of your parents or based, based on the faith of your grandparents or so on and so forth now, now that you've come from a, a family in, in whom everyone in which everyone is holy and everyone is practicing now you are now deemed worthy to follow me it's individual it's specific to that one person regardless of their family. So each one of us is called to be a saint. <clears throat> and each one of us is called to follow the Lord. And our family situation, practicing, non-practicing, doesn't get us off the hook. Which, maybe we can phrase that also positively. We're not conditioned by the faith or lack of faith 
of our parents. If they have no faith, I still can. I still can. I can still walk with the Lord. And that's his invitation to me today. To regardless of, uh, regardless even of my own past, and that's another point here, like regardless of the mistakes that I've made, I'm still called to follow the Lord. Last night we had a reconciliation service in, in, in a nearby village, Kilchilin. And it's, just, it's wonderful just to see when people really believe what they're doing, that they come and they, they, they leave all that rubbish, <clears throat> all of that dirt with the priest. The priest is like the, the Lord's bin man, comes and takes people's rubbish away. And he doesn't, the priest doesn't root through it to see is there anything interesting in here, you know. It's, nor does a bin man, usually. Uh, you take the rubbish and, and you dump it. You get rid of it. It's gone. So my own past, my own past doesn't condemn my future if I return to the Lord. I'm, like, we have so much freedom. It's incredible here. We have so much freedom. The Lord trusts us with this freedom to choose him. And we are not conditioned by our past. And we are not conditioned by our families. So we ask the Lord today to help us to, to choose him above all, that in this Christmas season, in this Advent season of preparation for Christmas, that we might learn to, to follow him in a new way and give him the place in our hearts that he deserves. Amen.